Good morning. Today is Monday, March 15th, 2021. This week we begin the third book of the Torah, the book of Vayikra. This Shabbos we read the Parsha of Vayikra. Vayikra is about karbanos. It's about sacrifices. Sacrifices are an essential part of the Torah and they were an essential part of Jewish life for over 1,200 years. I realize many of us have difficulty connecting with or understanding or appreciating how sacrifices as they're described in the Torah could be a spiritual interaction with God. I realize that. So we've got to work on that, understanding that. But then, about 1,200 years later, the Beis HaMikdash is destroyed for the second time, and there are no more sacrifices. And all of a sudden, these portions, these passages, these words, these mitzvos are no longer practically applicable. It's almost like you could take them out of the Torah. Of course, you can't, but it seems like, what are they doing here? What are we doing with them? What meaning does it have if we have difficulty understanding what it was even when it was in effect, and now it's not even in effect? So it's as if these words, God forbid, have past their use their 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 term of usefulness god forbid because all of a sudden these words of our parsha and this book of ayikra these words get a new life these words at the moment they lose their practical applicability of being able to perform what these passages describe, all of a sudden the same verses, the same words become part of the prayer book. They become part of the sitter. They're included in our daily prayers and they re-emerge as again essential to Jewish life in the form of Torah study. So the way it works is as follows. In our daily prayers, every morning, we say a section of prayers at the beginning, which is really not prayer at all. It is Torah study, which is this parshas hakarbanos. We say these passages. We repeat, we learn the passages of the sacrifices. Every morning, Instead of performing them, we learn them. We offer the offering. We don't offer it physically, but we talk about it. We recall it. We review it. And you shall slaughter it on the corner of the Mizbeach. And the children of Aaron, the Kohanim, will sprinkle the blood on the base of the altar. We are reviewing our Parsha. It is now in our Siddur. 
and we explain why. We have a short paragraph in this section of the davening that occurs right at the beginning of the morning service. We explain why. May it be your will, God, our God, and the God of our ancestors, that it should be before you, God, that when we say these words, it should be as acceptable to you as it should be before you acceptable as if we had done it. Our reading of it, our learning about it should be accepted by you, God, as if we actually did these actions. So the words of our Parsha are not dead. They're not in the past. We are doing them right now. We are quoting them. We're not acting them. We're quoting them, but we're quoting them with the promise that quoting them is considered by God as doing them. So we have brought these words back to practical life in the Siddur through Torah study. The Maharal asks a very interesting question. There is no other mitzvah in the Torah that works like this. There's no such idea that if a person for some reason was not able to shake a lulav on Sukkos, that instead study the laws of lulav and God will consider it as if you shake the lulav. It doesn't work like that. Yes, we are supposed to study the laws of the lulav, but you have to actually do the, 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 the action. There is no such rule on Pesach that if for whatever reason you're not allowed to eat matzah, you're not able to eat matzah. Instead of eating matzah, you learn the laws about eating matzah and God will accept that as if, as if you ate matzah. There's no such thing. person can't keep Shabbos one Shabbos. Instead of keeping Shabbos, I'm going to learn about the laws of Shabbos. There's no such thing. There is no other example in Jewish life where a person can study the words about a mitzvah and have God consider it as if one had done the actions of the mitzvah. Why does it work here if it doesn't seem to work anywhere else? And the answer is because we're making a mistake. And it's a pretty serious mistake. And it's a mistake that's been around for a long time. And we really need to correct this mistake. And I would suggest today, the beginning of our time studying the book of Vayikra, let's correct this mistake once and for all. The mistake is the English language does not have a word that is a correct translation of the word carbon. We translate carbon as sacrifice. I used the word before, sacrifices. A carbon is not a sacrifice. The word does not describe what the Hebrew word is saying. Rabbi Samshel Fol Hirsch pointed out in his commentary to the Torah, the unfortunate use of the term sacrifice 
implies, what is a sacrifice? It, it implies giving up something that is valued to me for the benefit of you. If I sacrifice something to you, that means I have something that's of value to me. I'm going to give it up. I'm going to sacrifice it and give it to you. Or another related meaning of the term sacrifice is I am going to make do without something that has value to me. There's something that has value to me. I'm going to sacrifice it. I'm going to give it up. I'm going to do without something that has value to me. That is completely absent from what a carbon is. It's just completely not connected. I understand we don't have a better word. I'm going to give you a better word in a moment. But it's just, that's not what a carbon is. A carbon comes from the Hebrew word karav, to come close. It means, a carbon means to approach, to come near, to get into a closer relationship from karav, to come closer. The process of a carbon is the process of attaining a higher sphere of life. It's when a person desires that something of them should come closer to God, that is what a carbon is. A carbon is not a sacrifice. A carbon is, to use the words of Bailey Newman, a come closer, a draw nearer, a connection creator between ourselves and God. That's what a carbon is, a connection creator between ourselves and God. So, of course, it is logical that when there came a time in Jewish history when actual animal carbonos were no longer in effect because the Beis Amigdash was destroyed, the logical substitute for that was prayer. Because if Karban is coming closer to God, prayer is the most overt act that brings us closer to God. So prayer takes over the role of karbanos and our prayers come to correspond to the karbanos that were offered. We've discussed this before. In fact, the connection is so overt that we have the practice when we're about to begin the Amidah, which is the main prayer of standing in God's presence. The first thing we do is we take three steps forward. We literally act out the meaning of what prayer is supposed to do in its role as substitute for karbanos, bringing us closer to God. Of course, taking three steps forward is a metaphor. It is a, uh, a hint to ourselves that through prayer we are drawing ourselves closer to God. So prayer is metaphorically a carbon. But there is a second way to express this closeness. 
And that is, says the Maral, prayer overtly brings us closer to God. That's the connection between prayer and karbanos. But there's something else in Jewish life that does that. And that is the study of Torah. The study of Torah brings us closer to God who gave us the Torah. If I can't know God as God, the way to come closer to God is to know what he has told us, what he has written, what he has communicated. The study of Torah brings us closer to God. And that is why studying the laws of the Karbanos brings us closer to God just as the actual Karbanos did. That's why it becomes part of our prayer book to review the sections because by reviewing the verses in our Parsha, even though we're not acting them out, we are studying Torah. And that is achieving the same goal that the actions of the Karbanos achieved when the Beis Hamidrash was standing. The person who expressed this, I think, most movingly was the Rav, Rav Yosef Salvechik of Blessed Memory. Listen to what he wrote in a famous essay years ago. He said that teaching Torah for me, teaching Torah has a very strange impact on me. I simply feel when I teach Torah, I feel the breath of eternity on my face. He says, sometimes when I open up a Gemara or another religious book, even if I'm alone and I start to study Torah, God's word, I have the impression, don't call it a hallucination. It is not a hallucination. I have the impression as if I heard, I would say, soft footsteps of somebody invisible who comes in and sits down with me sometimes looking over my shoulder. And this idea, he says, is not a mystical idea. This is simply the meaning of a line in the Talmud. The Talmud says, even if one is sitting alone and studying Torah, the Shekhinah, God's presence, rests upon that person. And the reason for that, explains Rabbi Soloveitchik, is that God is the no-sein ha-Torah. God is the one who gives the Torah. And God does not desert the Torah. And therefore, God simply walks. God accompanies the Torah. Wherever the Torah has a rendezvous, wherever the Torah has an appointment, a date with someone, God is there. That is what you and I are doing together at this moment. We are, of course, engaged in an intellectual discussion. 
but we are also inviting and benefiting from God's presence at our shoulder, at the shoulder of each of us. The study of Torah brings God closer to us. The study of Torah, says Rav Salvechik, is much more than an intellectual performance. Yes, of course, it is an intellectual performance, but it is much more. It is an ecstatic experience in which one meets God. That's the equation between Karbanos, the study of Torah of the Karbanos, and prayer. The common denominator is Karav, coming closer to God. Today, one of those three, in a practical sense, is missing. We hope it will be restored soon. But the other two continue their role. They continue to carry us closer. The words of Vayikra that on a simple level would appear to be no longer relevant, no longer applicable, and no longer meaningful, in fact come alive now in two different ways. Number one, when we pray, we are metaphorically offering a carbon, coming closer to God, even literally walking closer to God. And when we study, when we study the Parsha, when we repeat the passages that describe the Karbanos, we are having an ecstatic experience because that is when God comes to join us. God accompanies the Torah that we are studying. We are together with God when we study Torah. That's why this section of the book of Ayikra has become revitalized in new ways and it remains alive, applicable, and relevant to us in these new manners. We bring it to life and this understanding should accompany our entire study of the book of Vayikra and beyond, the true meaning of prayer and the true meaning of Torah study. My friends, I want to wish you a great day and I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.